Hello and welcome to KIOS at the Movies. I'm your host, Joshua LeBure, and I'm here with Courtney Bierman. We're talking about the film, The Painter and the Thief. When I close the door, I start to paint. That's my universe. Two paintings were stolen from a gallery in Norway today. The paintings were stolen in broad daylight. I don't know what to think. his name from the court papers. Hello? You might know who I am. I'm just a curious person. What made you do it? It was your masterpiece. Since I'm an anchor, I'd love to make a portrait of you. I'll ask you regularly to sit here. I can tell you some more about how I got to be a criminal. This guy is often quite self-destructive. It feels like that is his way to be seen. You can open your eyes now. Whoa! What the f- <laughs> There was no way how I could see the thief in this guy. You ser mig jävligt gott. Men hör glömma av till att jag ser henne minst lika gott. I might never find out where the paintings are. Do you know anything about black market with art? I have told you everything I remember, and that's the truth. You're the craziest person I've ever met. Let's see what you're doing for me. You inspire me. This is insane. This is a very, very sneaky guy. He's a bad boy, really bad boy. I started to search for their paintings. You must know where it is. Do you understand the risk? Don't even try! Just tell me. Don't even try! I'm serious! This is destructive. The Painter and the Thief is truly a stranger-than-fiction documentary that tells the story of a painter who confronts a man who steals one of her paintings from an art gallery and the two of them form a friendship. Living in an age where we're constantly letting people into our lives through social media and being inundated with content from YouTube and TikTok and the like, it sometimes makes me wonder what the point of documentary is. But then I see a film like this and it reminds me of the power of cinema. And this film takes you deep into the lives of these two people and their relationship and how they're more alike than different. This film is incredibly deep, intimate, beautiful, and heartbreakingly human. I hope everyone gives it a chance. With that, what did you think about The Painter and the Thief, Courtney? I liked it a lot. (laughs) As I was watching it, I think my main thought was, uh, I really want to be friends with the painter. She seems like a really cool person. It's just, it's a really beautiful story about friendship and forgiveness and identity and passion. and uh, I'm kind of a sucker for anything that uh, whose theme is is that humans are inherently good. Yeah, I think for me, this movie came out of nowhere. Like, I'd never heard about it. I never saw a trailer. I think I was just initially saw the artwork when I was scrolling through Hulu and was like, that looks interesting. And the title, The Painter and the Thief. And it was a documentary. I was like, oh, this what could this possibly be about? So... I just started it knowing nothing about it. 
And one of the things I loved so much about it is just the honesty of the film and also just the story of redemption and getting to the root cause of why people steal or commit crimes and that people can pull themselves away from that with support and love. And, you know, I think that it's important as human beings to realize that we're all fallible and we're all broken a little bit. And I think you really get that because this film also doesn't let the artist off the hook. Like she has problems as well. She's not the perfect person either. Well, in her relationship, so her her name is Barbara and uh, the thief's name is Bertil. And um, her relationship with Bertil is, is, it complicates her relationship with her. I, I wasn't clear on if he was her boyfriend or her husband. In the beginning, they call him her husband, but later he refers to himself as her boyfriend. And so it, it complicates that. Um, and also Bertil is, is ultimately, he's this really smart guy who I think he, he said he, he, he took one painting and, and his Uh, co-conspirator I guess took another and I think he said that he took the painting just because he thought it was beautiful she she's not a particularly big name in the art world she does these really amazing like photorealistic paintings and I wish we would have seen a little bit more of her painting process there is a lot of film of her painting and working on pieces uh we later see the finished product later on but um I, I would have liked to know a little bit like how much time went into each piece but um Yeah, and they have a lot of really frank conversations with each other about, you you know, she she forgives him pretty easily for taking her work because she's a really compassionate person, or at least comes off that way. But she really wants to know what happened to these paintings, and he is like, he's like, I don't know. I would tell you if I know, but I don't know, because he was, I think he said he'd been awake for four days and he was high on on amphetamines. A lot of this movie is about his recovery, struggling with addiction, and and you know relapsing and he goes back to jail for a little while but it just it's they have such a compelling relationship because they are so supportive of each other and I think it probably is not unfair to say that they enable each other at points um kind of in their their spirals and and she's but he he's in the hospital for a while and she brings him lunch and she visits him and she does portraits of him while he's there. And I think it just, um, this movie fits really well into this conversation we're having right now about restorative justice. Yeah, and I think that there's a couple things I want to touch on because one is when you see the the prison system in, in uh, Norway, it's just shocking how different it is than how we view prisons in the United States. Um, and... So there is that. That's just in the background. That's not really the point of the film. They don't really talk about it at all. It's just comparing it to what we usually see as prisons here. It's just vastly different. And uh, prisoners are kind of treated like human beings, which is a novel idea. (laughs) Um, But with that, there's just so much humanity in this film. Um, And the thing I really, really loved about it is that even though their relationship is like an extreme in a lot of ways, it's like out of the ordinary. Like usually somebody doesn't confront somebody who wronged them in such a big way and befriend them and make art off of them. But it really juggles the idea of um, one, how friendships actually 
are a lot of times where sometimes you're very, very close and you spend a lot of time with the person and then, you know, life gets crazy and you lose touch. And what if he goes to prison? Yeah. I mean, there's that for sure. You know, at the same time while he was in prison and he couldn't get a hold of her and she was like busy doing her art and doing all this stuff and kind of lost touch and, and it just kind of, you know, I, I really liked that. It just felt so human. But also, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about the, I think they juggle a lot with the idea of, in some ways, where there are ulterior motives for Barbara with befriending him because she got so much artwork out of it. You know, and I think that that's a really interesting question as far as the relationship between the artist and her subjects. Like exploitation versus inspiration, I guess. Um. I, the first thing, so we, there is a scene where we, um, uh, and I wasn't clear on how, how they got this footage, but there is audio of her meeting him for the first time in the courtroom. And one of the first things she says to him is, I'd like to paint you. And he agrees right away. Um, and, uh, I guess, honestly, the, the exploitative nature of it didn't, really crossed my mind and I'm not even sure that it is exploitation I think that number one she's not really profiting off him at least not not monetarily because she there there is um a pretty intense part of the film where she's unable to pay bills and um she's like opening mail and she's like I don't know I'm gonna pay this um so there's that, and also he's such a willing participant. Um, one of the really one of the one of the best scenes of the movie is when she unveils her first portrait of him, and he like breaks down sobbing um, because no one had ever like literally had ever seen him in that light before. It's this really beautiful, uh, very um, Uh, trying to think of an adjective. I want to say sultry, but that's not the right word. Just very, uh, very like thoughtful portrait of him. And, um, and she does, she is so, she is there for him in other ways. It, it really is like a complete relationship. It's not a, like a one-dimensional relationship between an artist and subject. She, like we said, she's there for him when he's in the hospital. She brings him lunch. She, you know, after he gets out of prison for the second time, they they meet in her studio again again and reconnect. Like there is like genuine love there, um, and I think that she's just someone who, you know, she says at one point like I, she she says something like I'm a painting junkie. Like I have to paint every day, so I think it it's just how she processes things, and also I think that it's. Um, that's just what she does. She, she paints what she's feeling. Yeah. And I, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I think that especially that first scene where he gets to see that piece of art of himself for the first time ever, that's like one of the most moving scenes. And that's something that has to, I have to point out for the filmmaker is just the access that these people allowed this filmmaker um, and just how intimate the film is, is just, it's almost shocking 
because I feel like even in, okay, so let me see if I can form a complete thought of what I'm thinking, but essentially we live in a society where we're all on social media. We're all projecting all the time. You know, um, sometimes I'm curious, like what's the point of documentary? What's the point of cinema anymore in a sense, and especially documentary because we're all putting out stuff so much. And I think that when I see a film like this, I remember why, because we see these moments that no one would ever catch on Instagram or on Facebook or, or something like that. This is like, a moment that um, I think it takes a cinematic context and it reminds me of why documentary can still be so powerful even in an era where we're inundated with information all the time I agree Uh, (laughs) I um, I don't think I'm quite that cynical but I agree I think uh, (laughs) I think any movie has at least done its job in part if you feel something. And I felt a lot of things while I was watching this. Um, You mentioned access. I looked into it a little bit because I was curious about this too, because this does start um, with news, uh, like newsreel footage of uh, the robbery happening, like security footage and and news reports about it. And and apparently um, one of Barbara's friends, and maybe you looked into this too, had already started collecting footage of her for, I, I think, maybe a documentary about her, maybe just kind of an undetermined project, and had actually filmed some of her process working on the two paintings that were stolen. So it was kind of just like a happy accident that this happened. And then um, the filmmaker's name is Benjamin Ree, and he heard about the crime, the, the theft uh, on the news, and reached out to Barbara and it kind of took a lot of convincing on both her and uh, uh, Bertolt's parts, but they eventually agreed to give him access. So, um, yeah, I don't know if it was kismet, but um, it just it worked out really well. Yeah, and I will say, like, I do still obviously love documentary and cinema, and I am not particularly cynical, but sometimes I get worried because we live in a society where we're continually being inundated with you know, videos on like TikTok and Instagram and and Facebook and YouTube and et cetera, et cetera, that sometimes I get scared <laughs> and I'm like, you know, is documentary just, um, is it going to go away? And then I see a film like this and I'm like, when you make a film like this, it's it, it can be very, very powerful in a way that... Um, I don't think we get in a lot of ways, which makes me want to champion a film like this even more. So I got so excited to talk about it after I saw this because, again, it wasn't on my radar or anything. And and after I was done watching it, I just felt like it almost – it's just one of those stories that's so ridiculous that if it was a script, you'd be like, nah, it's not very believable. And it would be hard to connect to. But then you see a documentary about it. And that it actually happened and you see how these real people, you know, react and interact with each other and, and all of this stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like this story that's could never happen, you know, is happening. (laughs) And I think that it's uh, important to, to see those kind of stories. Um, And, and I think that that's what documentary does the best. It's when it takes a stranger than fiction story and makes it relatable. Because sometimes if this was a film, it would probably descend into being a caper film, which would be really fun to watch. 
but it wouldn't be this kind of experience. It wouldn't necessarily be good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's ultimately, although uh, they don't they don't have a romantic or sexual relationship, it is ultimately a romantic film because um, they they love each other. Um, yeah, I mean. I watch a lot of TikToks. I spend a lot of time on my phone, but human connection isn't going anywhere. Yeah, and I do too. I mean, <laughs> for sure. We live in a society. Exactly. So with that, what do you think people should watch with The Painter and the Thief? So one film I kept coming back to, and it might just be because it's also Scandinavian, um, but I kept thinking of Rams, which I believe came out in 2015. Have you seen Rams? I have not, but I know what you're talking about. I've seen the I've seen the poster, and I know it's on my list of like things to watch. It was I believe it was at Film Streams the year after I graduated high school. But um, it's uh, and there's an English language remake in the works, which I'm not thrilled about. But whatever. But it's um, an Icelandic film, and it's about uh, two brothers who raise sheep. And uh, there's an outbreak of um, of this, uh, I can't remember the name of the disease, but this really like debilitating, like fast-spreading fatal disease among, uh, among sheep in this little Icelandic town. And these two brothers who haven't spoken to each other in like 30 years, um, c- like ultimately have to come together to kind of deal with this problem together. Um, and so f- forgiveness was on my mind a lot and that, that was, that's something that's in this in Rams as well as the painter and the thief, and also um, like passion, um, having having a, a you know a, a career, I guess, having something that gives your life meaning. Um, these men are sheep farmers, and and it goes back for generations. And you know, they're this Icelandic town; it's been part of their history for however many centuries. Um, it's just a really beautifully shot film. It's the Icelandic countryside. Um, it's very moving. It's not quite as uplifting as The Painter and the Thief, but um, I think it's I think it's a nice pairing. I'm going to go with something that might be kind of on the nose, but it's just a documentary that has always stuck with me. It's very beautiful, um, and it's also about a pretty idiosyncratic artist and and given a lot of access to the filmmaker, but it's the 2013 film by Zachary Heinzerling uh, called Cutie and the Boxer. And it's about a, um, uh, it's really about a wife of a famous artist, uh, Yushio Shinohara. And it's really about, you know, Noriko, uh, the wife and kind of her finding her own identity being married to this kind of larger than life um, boxing artist. <laughs> and it's like very intimate. It's like in their house and, and it's in the studio while he's making art. And it's like, and you see them fighting with each other and you see them loving each other and you see, you know, they've been married 40 years at the point when this film was made. And um, it's just another one of those films that just, you know, it doesn't have as wild of a story, um, but it has that same, just such a humanizing um, look at a relationship between an artist and their partner. Um, so Cutie and the Boxer, beautiful movie. Um, watch it. 
Yeah, I love Cutie and the Boxer. That there, there's an opening opening sequence where you see him working on the painting, and he literally is a boxer. And it's I I haven't seen that movie in years, but um, I still think about that scene. Yeah, me too. That opening scene, it's just like this wide shot, and he he works on these huge canvases that are like, you know, the size of a large wall, and you see his whole process of just like punching the. Yeah, it's just he I like don't know. covers it's just his one of those, boxing gloves in paint. And yeah, exactly. It's just one of those sequences that um, it just sets the tone of the film, and you just like are in it, and uh, and you just get to know these people so much, and um, it's really beautiful. The Painter and the Thief is available now on Hulu. For KIOS, I'm Joshua LeBure. And also for KIOS, I am Courtney Bierman.